0: G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Going to have our rapid review of Rep Round, a cracking weekend it was. Very sad to hear that the NRL will not be continuing with this next season. Uh, Tough pill to swallow there. I I imagine it would have something to do with the changes uh, as far as there being a buy every week for teams and whatnot with the Dolphins coming in, uneven teams. haven't really done any research into it myself to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, But I thought this weekend was great. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, I sort of sat back there and thought, oh, you know what, I won't have to watch eight games of footy this week. I can sort of put the feet up. I ended up watching, I think, seven still and really enjoyed each and every one of them. There was two games I didn't watch overly closely that probably weren't your absolute top-class games. Uh, So I did miss those ones just because of the timing of when they were on and whatnot. But the other games, all the main ones, essentially, uh, I got to watch them very closely. So we'll talk about those games. The first one that I missed was, well, I saw part of it, was the Lebanon versus Malta game. Didn't watch it close enough to realistically give you guys a good analysis of how it went down. We were doing an Instagram live during the second half the other day. We didn't get to do one during the week, so we had to smash that out. Uh, look, this game sort of was what we expected, I guess. Lebanon's were the favourites. They got the job done here. Uh, it'd be great to see the NRL advertise. This one a little bit better than what they have, but I did talk to the guy in charge of the social media for Lebanon. They've obviously had their own issues behind scenes uh, over the last few years. We know it's a little been a little bit chaotic with Lebanon, and uh, it sounds like they were sort of lucky to be here in the first place. So hopefully in the future we can get that sorted. We can keep heading in the right direction because Lebanon, they had a couple of players that were worth watching uh, Christian Yasmin was one that really stood out to me he looks like a very talented young player Malta Scored the two tries. Uh, it was good to see Jared Summit back. I haven't seen him in quite some time. Used to be one of my favourites uh, back in the day playing for Penrith. The other game I didn't get to see a heap of was the under-19 girls state of origin game. Uh, I saw it in little bits and pieces, but wasn't able to sit down and analyse that one properly. Also, obviously, don't know uh, too many of the girls that were running around in that one, so I won't pretend like I'm able to give you a good insight on that one. 22-6, to 6, though, New South Wales won. I did see the try that Jada Taylor scored. I believe she's in the rooster system. She went the length of the field, literally dead ball line to dead ball line. An incredible try, worth having a look at. It was off a kick that went into the end, guys. It was actually a cracker of a kick as well. Definitely deserved a try or a force drop out off the back of it. And Taylor, she just turned it into something really special going the length of the field. After that one, I did get to and watch the boys under 19s. Obviously, a lot of guys that uh, I watch in, in the junior grades and whatnot, a lot of guys that I keep an eye on. And as I said in the preview, I actually thought the Queensland side would get the big here. I really like the look of their side. I love their two strike centres, Robert Toya and Jojo Fafita. But uh, credit to New South Wales. They really did keep them at bay. Now... I said in the preview that my ball player to watch for New South Wales was Thomas Weaver. He had a good game without having a fantastic game. Uh, the man to watch was Pezet, uh for the New South Wales Blues. I think he had four tries. He's a kid from Newcastle that has ended up in the Melbourne Storm system. And as I said to you in the trial before, in the preview before the game, he's a kid that I've seen play a couple of times. But every time I see him play, he's in like the Melbourne um, system. And whenever they send a team up, team up in the SG ball or whatever it might be, it's never quite. as strong. So I think with Pezet it was a good example of when a guy is putting a team with talent around him uh, what he can do with it because when I've watched him in reserve grade before uh, I'm not even sure if it's a reserve grade, I I think it was SG Ball when he was playing for the Thunderbolts Uh, he looked like a talented player but I I didn't expect him to have a game like that very very impressive, some of the kicks he was putting in were sensational, very uh, very mature kicking game the other night. I thought Weaver was good as well Uh, the Queensland side, they obviously scored the first points and I sort of thought, fuck here we go, a Duffy Grubber um, to his winger. Duffy's a Blackhawks halfback from up there. He looks very talented to me. Uh, Alamotti scored off a Pezet pass, a really nice one. I thought it would be the Queensland centres that had really leave their uh, mark on this game. Turns out it was the New South Wales outside backs. They were sensational. Uh, we had uh, Moza, the, the Queensland hooker. He got sin bin late in the game for a pretty uh, pretty rough tackle. I will say this about Moza. He looks like a really talented kid out of the Bronco system. That's the first time I've seen him play I've heard a lot of people uh, t- talk him up from up there in their system. So he looks like a real player of the future. As I said, I thought that the New South Wales Blues did a sensational job to control Robert Toya and Jojo Fafita, uh, the two Queensland centres who I'm confident uh, within the next 18 months, they will both play first grade and I think they're going to do very well. You'll see Robert Toya, he will come through the Roosters system. I actually saw the Daily Telegraph named there. I think it was the top 50 kids under 18 to keep an eye on. Uh, very good to see that the top two they went for, the first First one was Robert Toya, who we've mentioned a lot. He was our player to watch the other night, despite him being quiet for Queensland. And the other one was Isaiah Katoa, the other kid that we've been raving about uh, for the last few months. So those two were the top two out of 50. Heap of other guys that we've mentioned on this podcast that were sprinkled throughout there that are well and truly worth keeping an eye on there. So yeah, New South Wales, they ran away with that one, 32-4. The young winger that has signed with the Dolphins for New South Wales got a cracking try as well. He looks very talented. So good win by New South Wales. Queensland just gave away a fuckload of penalties that really cost them through the middle. Uh, Considering how well they started, I thought they'd put up a good fight. But once the floodgates opened for New South Wales, uh, they blew them off the park, essentially. Now, the NRLW, W Origin, uh, New South Wales 20 over the Queensland Maroons 14. Really enjoyed this game. Uh, Destiny Brill scored a tr- cracking try for a really good run for the first one. And then Tonegato, she kicked into gear for New South Wales. The fullback uh, was held up off a great one. She is lightning over 10 or 15 metres and then scored off a kick and once again showed how quick she is over 10 or 15 metres. A kick that I thought uh, had been well and truly overcooked. She managed to reel it back in and score there, which was sensational. Wasn't long after that, Kira Dib. Gee, she left her mark on this game with one of the best individual tries you will see. I was so impressed with this stripe. Blew me away. Posted about it on Instagram. Then our girl, she bounced back. We said she was the girl that was going to break this game open. Uh, Aiken, she scores a cracking try off a scrum. For me, I look at Aiken and I think she's the closest thing the NRLW has to a Cam Munster. She's just a wild card. She can produce something so brilliant out of just absolutely nothing and she did it on this play. Very, very impressive. If you had a little bet on her, I think she was $5.60 $5.60 for an anytime try score, so we cleaned up there. I thought Tamika Upton this was one of her more quieter games uh, normally she's an absolute freak for the Brisbane Broncos she did make one big tackle on Tonagatu, who was just on a tear during this game so what well done to Tamika Upton on that one uh, but Isabel Kelly she scored at the back end uh, to score the winner there the Maroons they did almost score the match winner they had it taken off them uh, when Robinson their right winger was offside off the Brigandshaw kick so a very exciting finish once again this NRLW State of Origin I absolutely love watching it every year. It was a really exciting game. I think it was one of the more exciting games of the entire weekend. Thoroughly enjoyed it, and it's great to see the women's game heading in the direction that it is. Very, very exciting. I thought all the halves were sensational. Really, really good to watch for both sides. So, Just heading in the right direction. An exciting future for the NRLW and the women's origin in general. Great to see the vision of the girls celebrating in the sheds after the game as well. I thought all of that content was unreal. So loved every bit about this game. It was great to see. Then we had Saturday. We kicked off with New Zealand and Tonga. Uh, New Zealand winning this one 26-6. We tipped Jerome Hughes for an anytime try scorer. And boy, did he deliver. First try of the evening. I think it was at about $18.00. As we said, the most dangerous right foot in rugby league. Got a bit of a lazy pass, snapped off the right foot. And when he comes off that right foot, he is very, very hard to handle, Jerome Hughes. I think it was pretty evident in this game the difference between the two sides was a halfback. That really didn't shock anyone. Um, obviously, when you looked at to that Tongan side coming into it, you thought, fuck, this is a really handy side, but they don't really have any ball players. They've got moan, and Tony Staggs, and it was so evident from the start of the game, that when they got to last tackle, they were in all sorts. Obviously, Amone a ball play in the St. George of Dragons side, but I think just uh, just to back him up a little bit, I mean, he does come out of that Dragon system with Ben Hunt, who he controls everything. So, Amone, not really used to controlling his own side at this level, especially against a team like New Zealand. So... I do feel a little bit sorry for him. I think before the World Cup, they need to try and find a genuine seven, though. And there's a young kid in their squad. We just mentioned him before, actually, Isaiah Katoa. Uh, He's a guy that I think they should probably look to in this World Cup or at least try and blood him in some of the easier games that Tonga should win Uh, and maybe see if if they think he's ready to take on New Zealand and Australia when they get to the back end of that competition. It's going to be tough, though, because he's not going to play a heap of footy over the next few months, you'd have to imagine that the Panthers probably aren't going to play him in first grade, realistically. They're not going to need him, and they're probably going to invest in some of their young guys that are going to be there over the next few years instead of Katoa that's going up to the Dolphins. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out for Isaiah. I think he's a very talented guy, and I think he's going to be um, a staple part of the Tongan side moving forward. I think it will be him and Amon in the halves, but I think it was pretty evident the other night that they definitely need to find a ball player who can take control of this side. Uh, I'm not sure if Amon is it at the moment, and I'm not sure how much more experience he's going to have um, in that realm, being the main ball player, realistically. And Tony Staggs, fuck, he's a goal, but he definitely isn't the guy you want him at centre, ideally. So an interesting little challenge for them, I thought for New Zealand, obviously, Jerome Hughes was good. I thought Dylan Brown and Kenny Bromwich they were great, they combined to put Rapana over, uh, Tonga did hit back through Katoa in the 15th minute uh, but then it was sort of all one way traffic with New Zealand, I didn't think Tonga were terrible but I never really felt like they were in this game I feel like New Zealand dominated it uh, the entire time, what I will say about both these sides, Tonga in particular obviously they went into this game with Katoni Stags playing 5-8 with Young Amone. I think if you give them the entire World Cup to prepare themselves and play a couple of games together and spend weeks together instead of days, I do think you'll see a different Tongan side. So plenty of upsides there. I did think it was strange that Ola Kawatu played 26 minutes. Um, Very, very disappointing. I thought he would have played a lot more footy. I'm shocked that he didn't play more footy. For my supercoach side, I'm... um I'm selfishly stoked, but I thought if I if I was in, in charge of Tonga, I would have played him for a lot more than what he was played. For New Zealand, obviously, uh, Joey Manu, he is just setting the world alight at the moment. I know a lot of people calling for him to be paid a million dollars as a fullback somewhere. Just keep in mind with Joey Manu, and I know people are going to get upset by this, but... Joey Manev is obviously, every time he steps into the fullback role, he kills it. He runs for record meters just about every single time. I I don't think he'd be able to do that over 26 weeks, week to week of doing that. I think his body um, would fall apart pretty soon if he was. It's incredible what Joey's doing. But I think if he does move to another club and he plays fullback or something else happens, I don't think you can expect these sort of numbers out of him for 26 weeks over an entire season. It would be near impossible to do what Joey's doing at the moment every single week. So it's great to see him being able to jump into this role sporadically. I still think he'd be a weapon fullback. Do not get me wrong. I still think he'd be an absolute gun in the fullback jersey. I think as soon as he moved there. He probably would be a top five fullback in the NRL. But I think that people messaging me saying, oh, he'd run for this many metres every week. He'd do this, he'd do that. I think over a long period of time, he probably wouldn't realistically. And to be honest with you, I'm not sure if I want Joey Manu running for that many metres. Yeah, it means he's taken a lot of hit-ups. He's doing a lot of work that I would like to see him probably share around with teammates, especially in the NRL, because it is a marathon, not a sprint. But there's no denying the way the football that Manu has played when playing at fullback over the last few months and on the weekend was incredible what under this New Zealand side um, did what we expected them to do looks very impressive another side that if you give them a couple of weeks they'll be better for the run and they'll be better as a unit now the second game we saw Samoa 42 over the Cook Islands 12 this one sort of went as we anticipated I guess Uh, Samoa really blew them away early between Tungo, May Milf Nofaluma um, they just didn't stand a chance Cook Islands unfortunately I think they were at Uh, I think they were given a 31-point head start, so... They actually won the start there. That They lost by 30. Uh, look, the Cook Islands obviously missing a number of big names that they could have uh, come World Cup time. Whether they're able to get their hands on them or not remains to be seen. Um, yeah, so look, not many huge names playing for the Cook Islands. They, you know, Yes, it was a blowout, 42-12, to 12, but I thought that this could have been worse to be honest with you. For Samoa, um, as I said, all those guys, very impressive. Nofaluma scoring four tries, four good tries as well. Didn't really have any put on the platter for him. He had to work for all of Um, I thought Josh Schuster, he was incredible in this game. That try assist that he had to Nofaluma, uh, that was incredible. Got the ball all the way over in his corridor on the left edge and just skipped along the line. Granted, in the NRL, you wouldn't be allowed to do that to a defensive side, probably against Australia or New Zealand, you also wouldn't be able to do that. Uh, But you know, Josh Schuster can only play who's in front of him. Skipped across the line and somehow found a hole through the middle. Uh, Probably could have drawn and passed for a try, which I think sometimes... And I've mentioned this when talking about Zach Lomax. Sometimes when you've got so much talent, you sort of they go for the extravagant player over just the basic draw and pass, which I think he could have done. Uh, but he just showed his unique skill set, putting in a perfect crubber for for uh, David Noflumer. I think that was his third try of the evening. Uh, there was another one a little bit later, a perfect kick that was put in uh, by Schuster. Um, a three way race between May Tungo and CHT The Taylor May won that race. But once again. It's a game where I, I, I sort of I, I love seeing the highlights. It's very entertaining. But I think from an NRL level, I think coaches would rather see Josh Schuster just make the safe play, um, draw and pass um, your fullback and just make it count. But Shuster, uh, it's hard to put a lid on this kid. I think you've got to sort of let him go and play footy. He'll learn that as he goes. There'll be big moments in the NRL where he'll go for those things and they won't come off and he'll learn um, as he develops. But there's no doubting this kid is just so talented. I think it's tough at Manly because Andrew Davies has been playing so bloody well, it's hard to get him out of this side. But Schuster, I don't know, he's just got something about him, doesn't he? We haven't really seen many guys like him before. So Samoa, a very good win. Another team that will be better for the run. I'd say Samoa has probably been uh, pretty underwhelming over the last few years. I would probably describe them as underachievers, Um you know, when you consider the talent they've got. And if we get to this World Cup and they manage to get their hands on, you know, a Brian To'o, a Jerome Luai, Junior Bolo, um, they could really threaten in this World Cup at the end of the year, especially if they get Jerome Luai. He's going to be the key to put a genuine ball player into this side. Uh, It could be anything for them. Cook Island's a good hit out. Uh, They'll be better for it. Hopefully come World Cup time, they're able to get some more stars. And if not, uh, the guys that played in this game, they will be better for the run come World Cup time. Last game of the week, PNG 24 over Fiji, 12. I expected Fiji to win this one. Similar to Tonga, I'd say they're probably underachievers over the last few years, Fiji. They have been a little bit underwhelming. Uh, When you compared these two sides and you saw the guys that Fiji had compared to PNG, the only really first grades that PNG had were Alex Johnston and they had Justin Olam as well. Whereas you look over at Fiji with, you know, Viliami Kikau, Sevo, Ravalawa, um, a host of very, very talented footballers. I expected Fiji To get the job done Uh, But PNG They just came out Firing I thought the halves Lamb and Labert They were sensational Lockie Lamb Obviously in the rooster system The son of Adrian Lamb A PNG legend I thought this was the best game He's ever played And it's crazy that these two, you know, they're not even getting a look in at first grade realistically. I think there's a lot of clubs that could do with having Lockie Lamb on their radar. I think he's as good at 7-6 or 9. You can play him anywhere and I think he'd have a big impact. I thought he led this team very well. He laid on a try at the back end uh, for David Mead in his last game for PNG. So congratulations to David mead A sensational moment there. Probably my moment of the week, um, to be honest with you. I thought Cole Labert, uh, he was great. His defense was sensational. He's a guy that has been up there at North Queensland. I think he actually came down to Sydney when he was younger, then ended up back up at North Queensland. Uh, I think he's played one, two, maybe three first grade games. Not for a couple of years, though. He's always sort of been around the system and playing Queensland Cup. And he always sort of comes and plays for PNG and always plays well for them. But I thought he was great. Uh, he was one of the best halves that played on the weekend, I thought. Defensively, as I said, he was fantastic. Uh, and yeah, just, just come up with some really good players, some good kicks. I thought he was sensational. So the two halves for PNG, well done to them. They were great right hook Pay and j as a whole. Played really well, and I don't even think Alex Johnson or Justin Olam were incredible. They were both good, but I sort of thought for them to win this game, one of those two, or both of them realistically, are going to have to have a huge games. They didn't. They still managed to get the job done here. Despite AJ and Olam putting in a good performance, I thought they'd need a lot out of those two. So, well done to the halves, though. Lamb and labor I thought it was a very, very impressive performance from them. For Fiji, very disappointing, considering the squad that they had. Your Kickows, your, kick your Naguamas, these sort of guys... Uh, very disappointing. Two guys I thought really stood out. uh, Taruva, the fullback, Uh, we mentioned it in the preview podcast for this one that he's a guy to watch that if he was at just about any other NRL club, you'd know who he is. It's crazy to think that Penrith depth, uh, the amount of guys they've got in that side and in that squad that this guy... At the moment, he's still the third-choice fullback. You could argue he's the fourth-choice fullback if you want to throw in Charlie Staines. But personally, I think he's probably in front of Charlie Staines on the pecking order. But he's still behind Dylan Edwards and Stephen Crichton, two guys who I think if they were picked last night in origin at fullback, they'd both do a job. So, scary the depth they've got. I think he's recently re-signed. On a two year deal So it'll be interesting To see where they're Able to put him In this side Because it is Stacked at the moment uh, But when, when he eventually Does get his shot At first grade He's going to be An absolute weapon I posted a thing About him this morning More so talking about The depth of the, of um, Penrith to be honest With you Said he played well Obviously but it was More so focused on The incredible depth Of Penrith You've got to remember As well They let go of Dane Laurie Not that long ago And uh, he sent me A message saying Thank you so much For um, posting about me You know just seems like A champion bloke To Roover. So well well done to him. Um, yeah, look, Fiji, I thought the other one that went well was Tane Milne. I thought he did well in the 13 jersey. That was sort of anticipated for me. He's always been really solid when he's played in the back row. I think in first grade, though. A lot of people that if you only watch first grade, you don't see reserve grade. You've only ever seen Tane play on the wing or in the centres, but he's always been very handy around the middle and playing as an edge back rower. So that one didn't shock me too much, but I didn't see this result coming. I thought Fiji would win this one. Uh, They'll be pretty disappointed with this one, and hopefully uh, Fiji can get themselves sorted before this World Cup because I feel like they have been underachieving over the last few years. That's just a vibe for me. I think they should be better than how they've gone over the last few seasons. They had Naguama playing in the half they probably need to find another halfback I don't know why they didn't pick Brandon Wakeham I'm not sure if he's injured or whatever uh, but they probably need to find someone to fill in in the halves um, another two teams that they'll be better for the run and I think once they get to the World Cup and they're given a few weeks to prepare and play alongside each other uh, they will be better for it so um, yeah look a great rep weekend all round I'd love to see it return next year but it looks like it will not unfortunately but I'll tell you what we have got one hell of a World Cup coming our way at the end of the season that one is going to be An absolute cracker. Haven't been this excited about International Rugby League, dare I say, ever probably all the way back to when I was a kid and used to get up really early to watch those kangaroos of, you know, 03 and 04 taking on uh, the English side um, in in the Ashes and in the Tri-Nations and all that. So very, very exciting times. It looks like we're going to have more than just a two or three horse race. Looks like Samoa, Tonga, if they get all their players, they can all contend. Who's to say the PNG can't as well based on that performance they put in the other night. Very exciting times. Thought so The NRLW origin was sensational. I love the New South Wales versus Queensland under-19s that we saw as well uh, a good opportunity for young guys to show what they're all about and the girls as well i'll be looking forward to sort of following those players a little bit closer next season so i give you guys a bit more of a better analysis for those games uh, we're going to be going into bloke in a bar very soon to give our deep review of origin two uh, really looking forward to that it's going to be a huge episode so stay tuned for that but we will have our rapid review of new south wales versus queensland game two coming up a little bit later this morning